0: live from the west indian day parade you know Ponfi wine we're here in our luxurious box seats you know i did i know you didn't know they were box seats you know we're on the top of the Brooklyn museum you know what i'm saying eating the finest of jerk chickens you know with with our servants out here all around us you know what i'm saying New, newly gentrified brooklyn you know what i'm saying get on our level
1: <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's a condo somewhere on eastern parkway <laughs> that has, you know, you know, like the penthouse level. Like, you know, they have the 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 the, <laughs> the parade party.
0: <laughs> they they've exchanged their Black Lives Matter for West Indian Lives Matter sign now. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And they're all from Sweden, you know. Um I'm I'm sure that is happening right now on Eastern Parkway as we speak.
0: <laughs> I, I do not doubt it. <laughs> as usual we're back we're back with music news ladies and gents uh our first news item is a favorite of both of ours you know what i'm saying it's uh the concept of selling out recently if you haven't been paying attention there was a certain rapper called fk mecca which was advertised as the first virtual rapper that's right lives virtually apparently there's a debate behind the scenes that the lyrics were made by a real person or not but if the voice was just a sample voice they machine recreated but long story short you know as we kind of slowly do that slow dark walk to fucking lazy capitalism they kind of realize how to make an artist without having to make an artist um the original version of mecca was kind of involved in the nft space because as usual if anything is bad it has to do with crypto And uh, as a result, it got signed to Capitol Records until it started going viral for first, let's just say, interesting hot take reasons and very quickly for very motherfucking racist reasons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is like probably the most interesting story in music, I think, this year. Um, So, look. I'm not surprised that we're at the point where we have a virtual rapper. You know, we had the Tupac hologram. We had all those things. Damn.
0: they uh, <laughs> not let those holograms die for a minute, bro.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm also not surprised that there's a rapper that has AI generated lyrics. And I'm also not surprised that those AI generated lyrics are probably racist and also mm-hmm. contain the N word. Um, but here's where we are. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where I first heard about it, I thought it was a novelty. I was like, oh, that's, that, that's cute. But, you know, they end up being like 20 million streams on TikTok. Um, obviously, the NFTs are, are, you know, very valuable right now. And, you know, hip-hop is the culture that <laughs> everybody loves to cannibalize. <laughs> so the intersection of all three of those things uh, are kind of what got us here today. But I think you know, like, not much is known about the creators. Um, you know, the the voice is supposed to be a black person, black man. Um, somebody said it was like like was who who was supposed to be like NBA young boy or somebody like supposed to be like a a actual rapper. Um, there's another rapper that came out black man who said that he provided some of the, some vocals and voices for the character and was never paid and they ghosted him when he asked about getting paid. So, um, you know, we're back to this whole kind of thing where even in this new Web3 virtual space is, you know, the culture getting corrupted, um, black people not getting paid and not being fairly represented. Um, And then, you know, you basically the the character itself is a walking stereotype
0: (laughs) of a rapper, you know, police brutality and all,
1: you know, like it's essentially the combination of like Lil Wayne and you know um, what's what's the dude with the bright hair um, like Lil Pump and um, and Fortnite uh, Fortnite <laughs> yeah and like uh, who's who's the dude like uh, it's Gummo like um, that guy
0: oh Takashi Tek- six nine Tek- our favorite six
1: nine you know um, so so it's a, it's a mashup of all of those rappers right um, and but it's supposed to be a black guy there's an the image of him getting beat up by the cops you know. Uh, which will just look really, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. Um, and, uh, and the crazy thing is that with all of this, and even like as this was kind of bubbling up, this virtual dude gets a record deal from Capitol Records. <laughs> you know, there's people out here struggling to get record deals. People out here like like really trying to grind. And you have this AI uh, NFT that gets a multi-million dollar record deal, Capital Records. Um, which again, I'm not surprised at. I think there's a lot of buzzwords with this project, but you know, it just kind of shows you, again, like you know, just like how the culture can easily get corrupted um, for capitalism and personal gain. Um, and you know, it's not surprising that an AI can get a record deal before you know maybe a rapper that's more deserving. Um, it's just more sad than anything.
0: Yeah, no. And, and I think for me, what's kind of disturbing is the idea of where, look, you know, obviously, you know, the biz, the record business is the record business. You know, we've kind of railed against it. The, the stories of it being a bottom corporate dollar line is not anything new. I think what I found most disturbing about this is the idea of where, you know, we're decades into the concept of hip hop being pop music, you know, like, you know, the the idea of where it was underground phenomenon and so-and-so and you know there's definitely levels to that because there's definitely a lot of great underground rap there but as far as being the top of the pops it's it's been there you know what i'm saying you had once i, I for me i think I, I make the you know we could always have that music nerd conversation but for me it's probably dr Dre the chronic where you've got this record that's like pumping in all the hoods in the world but also all the suburbs and also you know Critically acclaimed, you know. Once you kind of have that level of kind of mass, everybody listening to this one record, it kind of is what it is. And you know, particularly in 2022, you know, you've got trap beats and country music. You've got fucking Ariana Grande barring fucking flows in her fucking songs for just the way she sings. We're kind of using certain kind of hip hop flows. I mean, like hip hop is pop music, and it's kind of disturbing where you know, even though you've got this genre that's kind of everybody knows what it is, and I'll and I'll put this in quotes. It's quote unquote respected that you still have these weird minstrel shows that come out of it where you know these record label dudes are still on some like well this just get some hip-hoppy dude and crack you know have him gun and tattoos and cops you know and it's kind of disturbing where it kind of shows you ultimately where you know the artists themselves for the most part are still very minority they, they lower a lot of them are disenfranchised you know there's still uh I, i'll say a genuine pipeline for a lot of dope hip-hop things happening but on the flip it kind of shows you that those gatekeepers ones with the keys are still very caucasian and out of touch ultimately like what's kind of disturbing about it is it's not a mistake that should have happened period and not to say that you know we're going to be you know we're post-race and you know racism isn't the factor and yada 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 it's just that, you know, we've had a lot of recent corporate kind of fumbles of where, you know, fashion houses in Europe and things like that, where they've kind of put culturally intensive things out there. And obviously a lot of it is racism, but a lot of it is because there aren't anybody of color behind the scenes. For me, what's very disturbing here is that even if necessary, you don't have people of color behind the scenes, you should have like somebody should have raised their hand and been like, this is very racist. And for me, what kind of gets shocked is the idea of like, oh, fuck. Like if you've got these record labels that really like deal a lot with hip hop because that's pop music now. And they're still like, oh, this is cool. This is awesome. This will sell. It's very disturbing for me personally. Yeah. And
1: I think like the sad thing is, um, and I was talking about this, you know, we're talking about this, you know, there could have been black people in the room. There's a lot of black people at Capitol Records. Um, You know, there's a lot, you know, but And there's probably not enough black people with enough agency to say no. Right. And forgo the bag. Right. You know, again, like you, this, this, this whole thing is ticking off so many different boxes. TikTok, NFTs, AI, (laughs) Web3. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like an orgy of of buzzwords. (laughs) You know, why not? Um, But. Again, you know, it's just like one of those things where, like, like I, it's hard to, for me to see a black person that's in the room that's going to be like, hey, guys, let's not do this. You know, um, I, I just I see that being very hard for somebody. And, but you're also right, too, where it shouldn't be a black person that has to do this all the time. It shouldn't have to be like, hey, we need people of color to keep us, <laughs> like, straight, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I'm just not surprised that, you know, even if these things are brought up, I think the upside in terms of, like, you know, we can be the first record label to have a, an AI rapper. We're going to be cutting edge, you know, and that's going to raise the stock price like 10%, you know. I, I can see, like, people foregoing that in the name of capitalism, you know.
0: it's And, yeah, it's, it's such a terrible idea, but I guess it's, the, you know as ai gets smarter and gets more commodified to create the art it's kind of interesting to see these kind of gatekeepers want to hop on it very quickly because for them it's just more money in their pocket at the end of the day and again i am i am not i am not naive in the idea of where art itself is a commodity but like i said it's what's disturbing is the fact of where it's like damn this kind of shows you just literally how despite all the all the all the big things hip hop has done for music in general, you know what I'm saying? It's still disrespect and it's not to respect. It's the idea of where, sure, you might have a dude who's tatted up and doing XYZ, but, you know, that dude is still an artist. Like, you know, like just because, you know, it's kind of weird to have these fucking and again obviously this racism is kind of big like reason why but at the end of the day it's kind of hilarious to me where you've got these artists that have been here for like lil wayne lil wayne has been putting in work for decades pop songs xyz and it kind of just shows you that you know at the end of the day they kind of just see him you know as a nigger whereas it's basically somebody who's a of who stereotype doing xyz and like i said that's kind of fine and depressing and back to your point you know ideally you want to have black people behind the scenes in very high levels because it's our culture full stop like there's there's no reason why you know and you had little things wobbled up here and there you know but ideally like i'd make an argument that you know it's weird that kind of similar to like sports if all your players are like of a certain persuasion it's very weird to have everybody in the back end not to be of that persuasion i think right now decades into basically you know black culture kind of ruling the fucking pop fucking zeitgeist That you probably should have expected that it should be enough trickle up where it'd be, you know, heavily black in those boardrooms. And it's not. And I think it's unfortunate. But that said, like what kind of got me a little bit kind of annoyed and let's say saddened is the idea of where it's like, fuck, like this is literally a minstrel show and it kind of happened. And I I remember, you know, having a like we have our notes and I kind of put on and I started thinking a little deeper. And I was like, in general, we've got a lot of these like, let's say, and I I don't want to kind of go in on white rappers, per se. Um, because you could make the argument, like, let's say somebody like fucking like Six Nine, You can make an argument of who's the Florida rapper, who the who the um, young dude? Lil Pump? Lil Pump, my favorite. Like, you've got these characters that kind of come out there and kind of like, you know, are doing hip hop larger than life. And, and here's the thing, right? Hip hop is also has its origin in, in party music. You know, very early on, people were wearing cool clothes. There's a certain level of peacocking. There's a certain level of kind of like, you know, large non-lifeness to it, but at the same time, it is a culture. You know, it's something where people kind of live, walk, talk, sleep, eat. And it's kind of disheartening where at the end of the day, you've got these kind of like things kind of coming in who are not of the culture taking advantage of it. And I and I thought that honestly, we kind of moved past that, you know, and, and, I, and it kind of just shows you that at the end of the day just like you know white supremacy kind of it's always there and kind of there here too you know what I'm saying it's it's you figure that in 2022 we wouldn't have to have a, a debate about a menstrual show that you know that was people were proud enough to put out a press release <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like somebody had to write it up like there were a lot of things that happened here it wasn't just like all right you know i, I got an idea i hit up stone we, we i sent an email to capital records it pops up you know you gotta have a social media manager you got to ask somebody to make your tracks. You know, he has a song with Gunna. So somebody's got to pay Gunna a fucking bag to get him on the track. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's yeah. a lot of things that kind of had to happen along the way. So I was like, God damn, all you 30 motherfuckers, nobody was on some like, yo, this looks like some fuckboy shit. Maybe we should fucking turn myself around. You know, and that's the weird thing about it.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, once that train is going, again, like, there's, there's so many people who, A, can't say no, or B, like, see the upside and see the payday you know, and see the stock price rise. And <laughs> they're not going to say no because they want to, you know, they want to get the bag. Um, and that's like anybody of any per- persuasion. Um, I, I think like the, the biggest thing here is, um, and I think this is like de- definitely something that somebody suggested is that whatever, because um, it's all about money, right? And, and basically they're all kind of saying like, you know they're taking a big bet on this artist because number one it's a lot of buzz and number two you don't have to pay ai yeah <laughs> like a human so they were essentially trying to to kind of build this this as like a framework for a future artist um and i think it's failed miserably um but now that they've realized that, now that this money for the advance has been, hopefully they like whatever marketing campaign they're not gonna spend, There uh, there's a suggestion to, to just give it to all the black artists in the label. Like look at all your black artists and like, you know, give them whatever, divide that money, that millions of dollars and just give them to the, those artists, right? Like don't create some type of fund, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or like some type of donate to charity or whatever, cause you don't know where that money's going. You have black artists on your la- on your label. They sign a lot of artists that they never put out, um, and and they usually sign them to really shitty deals. Um, you know, support the humans and support the creators on your on your label, and and take that money for your marketing campaign and just give it to all the black artists. You know, that's like a really simple and easy thing to do, and it's a bold move. I, I haven't seen anything like that happen, but you know. Um, again, like we're, we're just getting to a point where AI <laughs> has more rights and has <laughs> more rights than black people right now, you know, rump which is kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> moving on into I, I can't say happier news. Um, long story short, about two weeks, news Brooklyn Pitchfork, Arcade Fire, me and Stone's favorite bands, you know what I'm saying? We're out there chilling, you know, knocking back some like Toll Boys, you know what I'm saying? Talking about our. Reminiscing about life in middle America. You know, we all just listen to Arcade Fire. You know what I'm saying? That's how, you know, and our Ford F-150s in the corner. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how we rock and roll. Um, Anyway, uh, Arcade Fire, extremely popular band. Probably, I think it's fair to say, one of the biggest indie rock bands out there, even of in today. I, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Even if they're on a label, they might be signed to a major by now, I'm assuming. But ideally, definitely came from the indie space. You know, dropped a very important, very popular debut album. Kind of, you know from that little you know like you know indie canadian band to playing arenas across the world um they dropped a new record in may in may that was uh pretty much really well received actually which we didn't review i don't know why we didn't review it somewhere we're such huge (laughs) arcade fire fans i mean oh my god we have to go back called we um arcade fire is a unique band because it's kind of uh, a family affair you have the lead singer win he had his wife regine he had his brother and the band also and um like a lot of canadian bands a lot of other canadian artists kind of dip in dip out help of records help of tours um his brother quit i believe either earlier this year or late last year and about two weeks ago right before their world tour with a lot of arena dates a lot of money and things involved mr win butler got canceled and we're not talking in that little canceled where he might have had a little interview for pa We're talking about uh, Creeper canceled, where uh, there was several accusations of young women about Mr. Wynn Butler and then dick pics and showing up people's houses and basically being inappropriate with girls who are barely 18. And a lot of that happened. So, uh, lo and behold, that was literally maybe five days before they started their world tour. And the show kind of went on. Um, One of the big openers is Feist, who is another pretty popular indie artist who kind of played a date or two initially. Um, She was giving the proceeds, I believe, to uh, a violence against women. I mean, um, stop violence against women org. But she eventually dropped out. And I know there's a lot of discourse around it because I remember initially somebody was just like, damn, the show is still going on. Five still playing. And the reason why I kind of want to talk about on the podcast is twofold. Um, One is to kind of discuss, you know, the things behind the scenes. Because ultimately, (laughs) like, even though Feist, you know, I feel bad for everybody involved because at the end of the day, when you've got a tour at that level, when you're playing arenas, there's lots of millions of dollars flying around in people's pockets, expected. There's a lot of contracts written up where if you're fucking with the bag, they got to take your bag. And I think it's kind of fascinating here where, you know you've got a big arena tour and the do's and do nots of how do you kind of stop that? How do you kind of unroll it? For me, I kind of wanted to also kind of point out where ideally, even though the news broke a couple of weeks, no, sorry, a couple of days before the tour, ideally a couple of weeks, it's not a couple of months, he probably knew it was coming down the pipe because as usual, these kind of reports, they want to hear your side. He was able to hire a high power law firm. Uh, his counter is a lot of he said, she said, where I don't remember it that way. But uh, what kind of hit me is the idea of where it's like, damn, homie, it's like if you knew this is going to go down and you got this arena tour where you're paying a lot of motherfuckers, a lot of fucking things kind of going flying around, maybe you should have sat everybody down and told them that, yo, some shit might go down in a couple of weeks. Let's talk about it, yada, 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 yada.
1: Yeah, this is kind of crazy and it's really sad because, you know, Again, like, you know, when when tours are canceled, it's not just the artists. It's all of the, you know, the roadies, stage managers, you know, like people working concessions. Like, there's so many people behind the scenes that put on a tour that are now out of a job for, for, you know, X amount of months just because of of all this craziness. Um, And, you know, look. Okay. Fire is not, is probably my least favorite band of all time. Um, you
0: lie. I loved the suburbs as a classic stone. You know,
1: I, I, I will get kicked out of Brooklyn. Like I'm, I'm getting craft beer, like cans thrown at me as we speak. <laughs> um, just not my thing, you know, just not my thing. Um, I told, I told Reg, you know, I, I, I got the pleasure to be in the same room as Win Butler. Um, flex um and he, he was distributing some you know some asshole behavior um <laughs> but you know having that said though i mean it's, I, I think it's just like one of those things where you know i i'm looking at like his quote-unquote apology and he's basically kind of saying like you know he was in a dark place and like things were um you, you know he thought things you know were consensual and that you know he. His wife is put out a statement saying like he was in a dark place, but now he's found the light. So apparently, maybe they did some like Jay Z, Beyonce type therapy. Because <laughs> <laughs> wife is still still behind him and things like that. Um, but you know, I I think you're right though, Reg. Like you know, if they all knew that this was going to happen, it's surprising that they didn't you know either tell people or even like you know come like get ahead of it. Right? Um, they kind of thought that maybe this will go away. But Me Too has been around now for like six, seven years. Like, yeah. you know, if you're out here, even if this is like a few years ago, if you're out here sending dick pics to people, you know, that's going to catch up to you, you know? And if you, you know, the whole thing about being consensual or not consensual, you know, again, if you're a person in power and a person in a position where you're a musician, um, you know, it, it gets the the lines get a lot blurred. It could be he he, he said, she said, you know. But again, you're out like you're on one of the most popular bands in the world. Like you just kind kind of think that gotta think about that. You have to be more careful. Like even if it is a hundred percent consensual, like you you know, again, like the internet is out here. Um, but what it looks like, it was not consensual, or it was like not interpreted in a way that could be consensual. And in the fourth. Allegation was actually like uh, him, actually, you know, groping or sexually assaulting somebody, which is a bit different from the other three allegations. So, obviously, he was out in these streets doing something or trying to do something and probably taking advantage of, you know, these, you know, like women. And there's somebody who's non binary. So, there, but you know, having that said, again, dude, like you, you, you gotta take this, this, this L, you know, you gotta take this L. Like, you, you got to be careful around, you know, like, whatever. And also, too, like, you, you can't, like, you saying it's consensual doesn't automatically make the assumption that it is consensual, you know? Um, you, you can't yeah. just be out in these streets sending dick pics and thinking everything's okay and then, like, yeah. me and, like, all Pikachu face, like, five, six years later when <laughs> things, like things come out, you know? Like, it just doesn't work that way
0: anymore. Yeah, you no, know, I love the Pikachu face reference. Yeah, you no, know, at the end of the day, you know, and, and it's kind of fascinating because he chose very much he said, she said, which is fine, you know, sometimes in a situation trying to read vibes, you know, things get misinterpreted. But, you know, I, I think there's a mass amount of accusations. I think how some of the accusations went from this, like, oh, I thought we were on a date. Oh, I, I didn't. Oh, I reached for a kiss. Oh, I, I didn't want to kiss him. You know, maybe at that level, but like I said, at a certain point, you know, sending dick pics, you know what I'm saying, it's grabbing people. Like, you know, that's beyond the pale. And like i said what kind of struck me is the idea of where and and look i don't expect people to be to do the right thing especially people who are apparently sexual assaulters at the same time i kind of found it fascinating because and go back to your point stone point stone you're fucking people over so like you've got somebody like feist right she's got staff she's got to pay for she's got musicians because she's a solo artist it's not a band it's a person she's got merch tables, she's got certain things, they probably paid her money, she's got contracts. So for her to walk away from the bag, not only is she firing people on the way out, but she's probably fucking like, you know, might owe people. Like at the end of the day, you've got contracts yeah. up there. And you know, when he kind of be like, all right, I don't, you know, I, I wish it was, you know, like, you know, The weekend got, I almost not say in trouble, but he went viral because, you know, a show happened and he canceled the show in, in LA, right? So he goes on there and, you know, he's been going hard, you know, from all intents. You know, from what I've heard the last couple of years, he goes hard at the stadium show. He gives you money worth. There's A lot of things happening. He goes on stage and apparently he went a little too hard because, you know, there was a lot of show dates in a very small period of time and he lost his voice. Two songs in, you know heartbroken apparently he was crying you know it sucks and then you can kind of see it because this was la last show you know go on a high note and it sucks to have you know particularly an artist because for a lot of artists if you kind of pay attention th- this is the only good part of their jobs yeah <laughs> if you're successful and rich the rich part is definitely helps but for the most part is the performing so to go out there and basically you know get that taken away from you for some just arbitrary shit, even though you know ideally the human body does what it does sucks but even with that, there's a big bag that got lost. Like, you know, the idea is the fact of where, you know, he went out there, did two songs. It's not like everybody walks away. Refunds going to happen. A lot of lawyers talking in the back. And again, the weekend's fine. We're going to play a make date, and it's really cool. But like I said, what kind of fascinating is the idea of where, going back to Wynn Butler, where it looks very bad to me, is the fact of where even if you think you're innocent, you should just sit your people down there and talk to them. You just You should basically try to do something to make people's lives easier because now you've got this weird rolling train of a wreck where the show is kind of going on, even though the show might not go on. And, and I think it's kind of a little bit unfortunate because you're kind of putting a lot of people's bags and livelihoods on fucking, you know, on fucking risk because I guess either embarrassment or selfishness. Cause at the end of the day, even if you think you're innocent, you still have to understand what's happening. And, you know, going back to our previous discussion, it's still a business. So it's like, you can't just be like, well, I'm innocent, we're gonna, we're gonna still do it. There's still, you have to, there's implications, there's things that are happening. And I think it's a little unfortunate that, you know, w- despite the idea of where, you know, from his perspective, it was all harmless. To me, what's very blatant is the fact of where he let these people go on stage and like, kind of, you know, take the bullets for him when, he, when they shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, but well, it seems like Arcade Fire Tour is still going on, so it's, it's, you know. it's, it's and, like I
0: said, it's it's it's, and, it's is you it's, know, it's, they're <laughs> still going this
1: like they're going to be fine. Look, if RKL like, could still make music <laughs> from way more egregious stuff, <laughs> I'm sure Arcade Fire Ooh. will be fine and they'll sell their tickets, I'm sure they'll find another headliner. Um, it sucks for fights, though, like, like you know, like that. I like, you know, it's a like it's a it's a sad decision that she had to make right because if she you know stayed on the tour she would be kind of like a cosign of the this behavior and you know she could have stayed on that tour and like kept her bag and been fine um you know but in terms of just like um you know like like her morals she had to make that decision so, uh, you know, and, and it is what it is. Um, but I, I, I just think that again, you know, our, our, like we'll see what happens over arcade fire. If this is like, you know, going to damage the, the band or, or their brand. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see, but again, you know, if you're people in with Butler's position, um, you know, I understand you're human. Um, but you also have to, you know, realize that you got to come down to earth sometimes, when you do crazy shit that's also being human as well yeah um so um uh, also too i i actually want to see feist live like feist is very underrated i love feist like uh i actually love her first album that nobody actually checks for Uh-oh. like the, oh
0: stone going give, give, give it to us Stone. You said like, i was a, i was the og feist fan from the social scene gang
1: because everybody's like um what was it like um
0: well, the the reminder, the reminder, her yeah. second
1: album. Everybody loves that. You know, it's got one, two, three, fours. It leaves in the Apple commercial. But Let It Die, that's the deep cut right there. Oh, Let It Die, vice. That, that is the deep there. cut.
0: <laughs> Drinking the LaBaths up in a Montreal fucking nightclub. Like, this like. vice lady's going to go far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm actually mad because, like, I, you know, she kind of dropped, and disappeared for a long time. I didn't even know she was still actively performing until this, this whole, like, uh, arcade fired scandal, so, you know.
0: <laughs> She's got a, and, and I, I hate comparison, but the only reason i will in my head first is uh, Fiona Apple. She's got that same word cycle where it's like, I drop yeah. something and I disappear for, like, five years, and I drop something yeah. else, disappear for five years. You know, I'm I'm this, I'm a singular artist. But, yeah, no, and it sucks because, like, you know, for something like that to kind of go on an arena tour is a big fucking deal. Or, you know, maybe not necessarily for a career because a career is kind of in stone, but, like, For her to kind of play these kind of stages where he's definitely a more intimate. Like I said, it just sucks because my thing is, even if you think you're getting railroaded, just because there's so many so much money involved and, you know, this is going on the pipeline, because I guarantee you he knew weeks, if not months that they were investigating this shit. For me you have to do the right thing you have to step up And be like hey guys so everybody down There be like this might happen where do we sit Talk to Feist personally It is kind of it's fucked up to kind of have the show Go on but you know not Give everybody an option to kind of get out of it Because they've got information so that's Where I kind of sit with it at the end of the day Definitely But uh last thing Oh actually no we're gonna talk about should we talk about Brandy I guess I mean we can Mention Brandy like Why not so uh brandy you know as we all know horror horror movie alum you know i know what you did last summer is making a return she's making a return to horror film this is an a24 horror film if you don't know what a24 does they're i guess you know i, I won't necessarily call them a quote unquote in, i mean i guess they are an the independent film company yeah but they're known for basically like uh and i, I won't even say I would say art, art like art house fair, but that's really unfair. I'd say they're more like the Weinstein Company. Um, you know, <laughs> allegations and jail time aside, uh, Weinstein Company was very known to be like, a, like, like Miramax. These are these are basically movie companies where they fund low to mid tier movies that the budgets aren't necessarily huge, but the focus is there is more quality than quantity. Um, eighty four is kind of similar it 's obviously updated for the current like gen Z hipster era um they're kind of known for their horror films on top just because they do very dark serious like I, just very fucked up movies basically like you gonna get a two two four kind of horror you kind of know what you're getting into you know Shasta hereditary <laughs> to mid somar Shasta the witch um yeah. so it's kind of fascinating because you know. Ideally, these are rec- these are records. These are records. These are movies that because they have a certain niche that critics pay attention to. So it's a kind of a cool get for fucking Brandy because somebody who's kind of been a little bit low key and honestly kind of has her flowers, but not really at the same time. It's a really cool kind of move to kind of see her because, like I said, when this movie comes out, whenever it comes out, trust me, The New York Times is going to be on it. It's going to get reviewed. So, you know, ideally, I think this is a chance for her to kind of have a second go at it because, you know, she's somebody who we forget. You know, Brandy was an actress, too. You know what I'm saying? She was putting a lot of work. She was trying to expand out. So it's going to be interesting to see her like, you know, now, like, you know, she's a little bit older. She's a little bit more of a woman, capital W, to see, like, you know, where she pivots, if that becomes a good role for her and becomes a good look, what she kind of does in the future. Because it's not the same thing. You know, she's past the Moesha era, long story short.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's kind of funny because like it, when you see like a twenty four in horror, you really don't know what you're gonna get. Like you could get a Midsummer, or you could get like a Bodies, 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 or you could get like I don't know. Like it, there's so many things that you could like could happen because a twenty four is so diverse. Um, this seems like it's a little bit more of a psychological horror film, which I'm I'm excited for Brandy. Like I'm I'm yeah. excited to, like like you know like again like a twenty four is like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a label, a music label, <laughs> but it's like that brand is so strong and it's, it's to the point where like, I will probably watch a film just because it has an 824 cosine, right? It just yeah. has like 824 on the poster. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, it's like Last Black Man in San Francisco, um, Moonlight, you know, like it's just <laughs> The Lobster, which is a crazy ass movie. I still don't understand. So having Brandy as a part of that, I think is really interesting Um, and I just, it's just going to be interesting, like, if it's going to be like super serious or like super like like, cheeky, you know, like, like cheesy, cheeky, like whatever, it can go either way. Um, but you know, I'm happy for Brandy getting back into like the, the film world, you know, and getting back into the horror world. And, you know, she's making a little comeback. She's got like, she's been popping up in a lot of places. So I'm happy to see that there's a a second life (laughs) in, in the Brandy
0: brand, you know? Ooh, the brandy band. No, it's true. Like, I I feel like she's somebody where, you know, because she was such a huge star for a period of time, you know, we kind of underestimate how much she added to, let's say, R&B in general, her great voice. And then I think at the same time, because she was so huge, when she stepped away, it was like, all right, that's about it. But it's kind of cool because, you know, she's still relatively young. Like, she's somebody where she still still have a very viable career. And I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, is kind of like, you know, ageism in the music industry, yada, yada, yada. So it's going to be kind of interesting to kind of see her kind of do this kind of movie and kind of you know because i'd make an argument that to a certain extent it's like you know pop culture is very interesting where it feels that you know if you're a black artist and you aren't necessarily making mega waves in black art and at the same time you have them crossed over of capital c wide media kind of ignores you so while you know brandy might do like you know verses here and there i kind of get a little love Overall, it feels like white media has kind of ignored her for a period of time, so and not to say that it's good, but we know what I'm saying. the bag, oh, the yeah also comes with the bag oh, yeah. so ideally, it's gonna be interesting to kind of see her like you know again, being reviewed in New York Times for acting, so I think it's gonna be fun yeah, for sure yeah. and then uh that's about it for the news. um we had some new music, but we're gonna keep it pared down just because... Like I said, we're out here getting the patchments. We're out here on the roof relaxing for our, you know, our nutcrackers while the West Indian Day Parade walks by.
1: But, it, uh, it's, but it, it, it's like elevated nutcrackers, you know, nut, <laughs> nutcracker cocktails. <laughs> Just want to put that in there.
0: There's, there's no honey in these nutcrackers. These, these are fine <laughs> French cognacs aged in barrels from the Louis XVII the era. You know what I'm saying? We're out here balling out. <laughs> but, uh,. I think the last big, I guess, hip-hop record that's come out is J.I.D. J.I.D. is an artist who I like since the DiCaprio mixtape era um he had a song of i'm gonna say imagine dragons not because i know it's imagine dragons because whoever it is if it's not imagine dragons they probably sound like imagine dragons um he was on a big hit single a couple of years ago i believe it was for the netflix show arcane they had one of those you know what it is it's like a pop song but for a rapity rap guy on it but that became a very big pop song one of the big pop songs i believe in 2021 so he's somebody where he's been kind of bubbling up. He's been getting cosigns. You know, signed to J. Cole's label. This is the big major label debut. A lot of things are riding on this album. And I could say this much. Unlike the last big major label debut, which I can remember, of a hip-hop artist, which was Fivio Foreign, this is fantastic. I think that, uh, and again, I, I guess, you know, you try not to compare and contrast artists, but only marginalized ones. I think two black guys in hip-hop would do a compare and contrast right here. I think J.I.D. knows what's good for him. And even though he's had a crossover hit, this stays very well within the wheelhouse. I think the wheelhouse is kind of interesting because, you know, he's in Atlantitude. So you definitely have your trap beats. So you definitely have your, your, your callbacks to R&B, a little bit of funk, a little bit of soul You've got Most F here rapping But you also have him reinterpolating A Most F beat Like he knows all, a lot of P's and Q's are getting Crossed over here, but what's kind of cool About it, he's crossing them in a, in, a, in, a, in a Non-pandering way Like there's no like cheap, like Hot 97 Like like pop radio, R&B Radio kind of cash grabs It's a real well put together album I think, going back To my issues with Fibio 4 and why I'm kind of Shooting shots, is because, you know, I i've been kind of you know i'm a little too old to be out there you know your your new york drill cast paying too deep attention but i do find it fascinating where from the outside you kind of see this you know new genre kind of bubble up as the underground and kind of things are happening so i kind of want to see how it translates into the big time and what i kind of found shocking was after pop smoke kind of laid the, this blueprint of like you know post-mortem albums aside of like hey how to make this very underground music very pop friendly as far as hooks and everything else is concerned, to kind of see Four and kind of drop that ball where it sounds like, you know, lifeless, generic, you know, radio raps. So it's kind of fascinating where you've got G.I.D. who also has a similar blow-up where he's got a legit big radio pop song hit there. But he kind of made an album that's more crafted that's more thought out, that's all about his families, where, you know, he's rapping his ass off. He probably have, like, three albums over bars in this one album is this a really high level like like high level quality work
1: yeah definitely and it's really interesting too because um you know like i've been following j.i.d for a while like same you know decapital Tate era and i feel like the production on this album is like you know an octave better than (laughs) you know his previous work it definitely feels more boom bappy um, it feels a little bit more. I, I didn't get a chance to look at the producer list. Um, I, I think like the last few albums kind of felt very Dream Dreamville slash Atlanta, even though there, he's always kind of done more um, non-trap music in terms of like his style. But I, I I I kind of always felt like there's like that trap like underbelly, even if, if you couldn't really hear it. This album felt a little bit more like more classical boom bap to me um but then you have like a, a track like surround sound and you have like 21 savage going off <laughs> you know um you still have like that atlanta flavor um and then jd is just like spitting at a very high level on this album just like i always kind of thought he was like a little bit you know because he has this nasally voice i thought he's kind of like he's kind of in the cut and he writes the beat and he kind of like stays in the background and kind of again like like a lot of southern rappers do uh, but this one, it's like there's a hunger there. Like there's, there's kind of like okay, cool, I can do sixteen, thirty-two, you know, sixty-eight bars, <laughs> yeah. you know, along with the rest of them, you know, which I thought that was very interesting uh i still gotta give it a few more uh, listens to kind of like see like how it kind of lands uh but it's definitely a, a top tier hip-hop album this year man um, i was saying this before the podcast you know like i, I like the joey badass album but i didn't come back to it um, i think this is kind of a better but i think they have the same vision in terms of like some of the beat selection and kind of like you know the hip-hop like kind of the boom bap hip-hop vision and I think JID did it much better than the Joey Badass album that dropped like a couple months ago, um, in terms of like bringing that vision to light. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm 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 really kind of happy for JID. I do think that you know, because there's, there's this conversation around you know after say like like Drake or after you know even like Lil Uzi Vert, who's going to be on next, right? Who's going to be that next rapper that you know, I I think kind of carries that torch for this generation. Um, And J.I.D. is kind of mentioned, but other than that, like Arcane track, like he's not a pop artist, right? And I think like that's what kind of separates him from maybe like a Kendrick, where I think they're in the same level, but Kendrick does have those bops. And I don't think J.I.D. is a bop artist. But if he had a few more bops, I could see him kind of getting closer and closer to like that, that elevated, like top tier of hip hop. Um, and unfortunately you kind of need that. You can't just like have bars for days. Um, but you know, having that said, it's a really solid album. I think if you're like, yeah, I know a lot of people who are disenfranchised of hip hop in 2022, if you're one of those dudes, definitely check it out. Um, it it is definitely a worthwhile effort. Um, like I said, I'll give it a few more spins to see if it lands in my top 10, but it's ranking pretty high for me right now.
0: And, yeah, I agree. So uh, I think that's about it for the podcast. I just noticed our waiters are here with some curry shrimp. I'm about to lay back, relax, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching NYPD's Finest, you know, sit there and try to do a little little wine, and, you know, kind of get, you know, do a little limbo and kind of fall on their asses. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the usual stuff. <laughs> but uh, as usual... We love y'all. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. I'm just throwing this out there. You know, there's a new Supreme drop of vaccines. Holler, you know what I'm saying? That new BA five vaccine. You know what I'm saying? New colorways. You know, go out there, be safe. Fall's coming. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know y'all nasty dudes are gonna be more inside and more indoors and doing that shit. You know what I'm just saying, take that shot. That's all, baby.
1: New colorways need to do though fam they need to have like the like it should be like the red the red the green like you know like the you know
0: like they I'm should give out Supreme like, like bands and shit like after you yeah. get the shot you just get a Supreme band it's like oh shit I got fucking you know oh, teal dude. And shit. I, you know
1: I'm actually I'm mad that like nobody thought about partnering with Supreme for like vaccine distribution
0: you know it's fucked up though <laughs> but that supply their supply chain is kind of very fast because it's even though it's limited, that supply chain is evil. They be getting shit shipped out very quickly. So maybe Supreme could run to the CDC. You, you know?
1: But it's just like you, you got a line of like, you know, like a two hundred people outside, you know. You get the like the the, the, the unvaccinated like special edition vent Supreme band-aid. Like <laughs> oh man, <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, until next time. (laughs) Peace. Peace.